Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call an audible here. Um, Eric took the microphone away. Did you, Eric? Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask uh, Doug Wines, one of our deacons over here, if, uh, Doug, you would just open our time, give thanks uh, for the Moors, and uh, pray for us this morning. He didn't know I was going to do this, so thanks, Doug. Uh, would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for um, all you do for us each and every day, the little things, the big things. Your presence here today with us. We just uh, are so full of joy this morning and um, looking forward to uh, celebrating Thanksgiving and, and realizing what the true meaning of that is. And um, it's uh, part of that is being here with you, Lord, and uh, sharing your word and sharing your grace. We, uh, we pray for the church and uh, this newfound uh, worship leader, Garrett, and his family. And uh, we just welcome them uh, with open arms. And Lord, uh, we thank you and uh, pray for your care for us throughout this week. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Doug. You can just hold on to that microphone and chime in when you want to, okay? Uh, is it okay if I walk down here and uh, talk with you a little bit uh, today? Is that all right? Uh, one of the things, uh, let, me, let me say this too, uh, in terms of uh, Garrett, I meant, to, I meant to say this earlier, but one of the things I noticed again this morning is while we're a smaller crowd uh, here at Centennial, um, the volume of singing, and I, I say this with absolute seriousness this morning, you guys were singing out well, and that just, boy, that just brings joy to my heart. I really appreciate it that uh, one of the things that was important to us as we were searching for a worship leader is we wanted to have someone that would not sing to us, but would help us sing to the Lord. And I, and I just honestly say that over the last weeks and, and months, Garrett, as Garrett has led us, you guys have, have joined him. You have followed his lead, so uh, way to go. Um, so, it is the holiday season, and I thought it would be a good opportunity uh, this morning to talk a little bit about holidays and what the Bible says about holidays. Uh, you realize uh, that the word holiday comes from holy day. You may not have uh, known that from Old English, but that's kind of where we get the word holiday. It's holy days, and, and the Bible contains actually a lot of holidays, are most, most commonly called feasts or celebrations, but you may not think that, hey, the, you know, the, maybe you've grown up with an idea that you know, Christianity is kind of, kind of solemn and kind of serious, but uh, actually the Bible is full of, of holidays and some of those being feasts. So what, what kind of holidays are in the Bible? Let me ask you this, is the Christmas holiday in the Bible? Trick question. Well, Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth, right? And so in the scriptures, we do have accounts of Jesus' birth. But actually, two of the gospel writers don't even mention Jesus' birth. They actually, the gospel's emphasis is more on Jesus' death, actually. So in two of the gospels, we do kind of have this Christmas holiday. We do have this birth of Jesus, uh, which we'll be celebrating the Advent season beginning next Sunday. But let me ask you another question. Is Thanksgiving in the Scriptures? John Watkins down here says no. Again, 
a trick question. Thanksgiving is, uh, it's an American holiday, right? A lot of, you know, revisionist history going on about what the first Thanksgiving was or what the pilgrims were responsible for, or maybe the bad things they did or whatever. But uh, are pilgrims in the Bible? No. Again, another trick question, okay? Here, some of you know that we've been studying in 1 Peter this fall, and we've been looking several times at this phrase of how the Bible describes us, and it says we are sojourners and exiles. You remember that? It's been a couple weeks. Do you realize that some translators translate that verse that we are pilgrims and exiles? So guess what? Pilgrims are in the Bible. That's you and me. We're pilgrims on this journey to a new land, looking for a place uh, where we can have freedom, uh, looking to worship truly, authentically, uh, with freedom. So guess what? Pilgrims are in the Bible. We're described as pilgrims. And guess what? Though this holiday, Thanksgiving, is an American holiday, Christianity is really a faith of thanksgiving. As Christians, uh, we don't just celebrate once a year a day of thanksgiving, but the New Testament would actually tell us that we are people of thanksgiving. That it's just kind of should be the attitude of our life in response to all the things, the many things that God has blessed us with, and particularly how He has blessed us in Jesus. We're not just holiday Thanksgiving people, we're Thanksgiving Day people every day. We're people of gratitude. In fact, some have said that you can summarize the whole Bible in three words, guilt, grace, and gratitude. I've shared that before, maybe you remember that, but guilt grace and gratitude. The Bible says that we come into the world guilty, that we're guilty because of our sin. But God has given us grace, and our response to grace is what? Gratitude. We are thanksgiving kinds of people. And you know, uh, the thing that we celebrate here uh, weekly now as a church is a reminder of thanksgiving. It's a reminder of grace. It is, if you will, a thanksgiving meal. This table here. This, uh, this celebration that we're going to uh, partake of here in a few minutes is known by several different names. What are some of the names that we call this celebration? Communion. Thank you, Doug. That's probably the most common uh, word for this celebration. What's another uh, name of this celebration. I said it just a minute ago. The table, yeah, the Lord's table, or sometimes you call it the Lord's Supper. There's uh, another one that I'm thinking of that's uh, perhaps lesser known. Oh, Dave Job shouts it out back there. Thank you, Elder Dave. Uh, Eucharist. Have any of you heard that one? How many of you come from a uh, Roman Catholic background? If you come from a Roman Catholic background, you probably heard this celebration uh, most commonly called not communion or the Lord's table, but the Eucharist, okay? And I'm going to explain to you where that comes from here in just a minute. But communion, the word communion 
kind of reminds us of what is happening, as Jay said, horizontally here. If we go horizontal, vertical, communion is kind of the word for the, the horizontal. We share a common union with the people that we're celebrating with. We have union with Jesus by faith, and we have union with one another, brothers and sisters, so we partake of a common union, the bread and the cup. We partake together, not isolated, not alone by ourselves, but we participate in common union. The Lord's Supper, that title kind of reminds us of who's hosting the meal, whose idea it was, and Jesus gathered his believers at what was then a Passover meal, also a Thanksgiving feast. Um, But the Lord's table reminds us who is hosting the meal, who uh, we're celebrating in the meal. It's the Lord Jesus. But this word Eucharist, some of you have heard the word. Who can tell me what the word means? Not over there. Dave, don't answer again. Somebody over on this side. What does Eucharist mean? Anybody know? You get free coffee afterwards if you can. Eucharist comes from this Greek word, okay, and it's used uh, in all the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when it talks about the Lord's Supper, okay? So it says, when Jesus took the bread, he broke it, and, or excuse me, he gave thanks and he broke it. Well, that word thanks, he gave thanks, is the Greek word eucharisto. And then it says he took the cup and he gave thanks, Eucharisto. So let me actually just read that for you. I'm going to read from Luke's version, okay? This is verses 17, uh, verses 17 through 19, okay? And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Verse 19, And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He said, he gave thanks, he eucharistoed, if you will. The table, communion, the Lord's Supper, The Eucharist is a thanksgiving meal. What we're doing here today in a few minutes is we're having thanksgiving. And it's actually something that we do every week. We come and we're at this table to be reminded of our guilt and grace and thus now our gratitude for what God has done for us. And this is a special time as we gather at the table for this Thanksgiving meal because God in His goodness is giving us this physical, this tangible reminder of His grace and His love. And maybe as you've celebrated this in the past, you've never really thought about this before. I just, I just want to emphasize it this, this morning and encourage you to think about it like this. When you come forward and partake of communion, and you put the bread, the cracker in this case, in the cup, you dip it in the juice, and then you put that cracker on your lips and you bite it, you should be telling yourself, this is a reminder of Jesus' love for me. 
And as you eat that cracker and you taste that juice, you should be, thank, you should be thinking in your mind and in your heart, Jesus, as I put this on my lips, thinking of what you have done for me, I thank you. I am giving thanks for what you have given me. It is a thanksgiving meal. Did you know that? Now, I know the objection that some of you are thinking right now, and that is, well, gosh, uh, if this is a Thanksgiving meal, it's sure a pretty small meal. I mean, it's just a little cracker, and you dip it in a juice, Ross. I mean, that's not, that's not much of a meal. Well, that's because not only is this a Thanksgiving meal, it's also an appetizer. It's an appetizer. It's not the full meal because the Scriptures will tell us that it previews a meal to come. Jesus said he's going to drink this in the kingdom of God. And what the communion table represents is not only that Jesus has given us grace and we're thankful, but it also reminds us that this meal right here is an appetizer because when we meet Jesus, when he comes or when we die and go to heaven and the kingdom comes, one day we will eat a meal with brothers and sisters in the presence of Jesus, and it will be a Thanksgiving meal like no other meal we've ever had. I mean, I don't know what you're looking forward to on Thursday. Uh, maybe it's sweet potatoes. Maybe it's a pecan tart like me. I know Corwin's looking forward to Buckeyes, these little chocolate things. Is that Christmas or Thanksgiving, Corwin? Christmas. Okay, sorry. Uh, I don't know what you're looking forward to for Thanksgiving, but it's pretty. It's usually a time of blowout in terms of sugar and just feasting, right? Well, this communion meal is an appetizer because what Paul writes in his letter about communion, and let me just turn there right now, is he says that we're going to, as we take this, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And when he comes, we're going to participate in what Revelation chapter 21 calls the wedding supper of the Lamb. This blowout feast, this blowout party with a banquet spread like we've never experienced. This is a Thanksgiving meal. And of all the things to be thankful for this week, of course we can be thankful that we are free people in a land that's better than all those places over in Europe. Or that just no, that we have freedom, right? Because of our ancestors, because we live in this land, that we can be thankful for all the things like our, our family, for our health. And then some of us have had some tough times. And in the midst of Thanksgiving, uh, there's difficulty. There's an empty spot at the Thanksgiving table perhaps this year. There's been some trials. There's been some difficulties. We've had some trials. We've had some difficulties. 
Even as a church, we've had some trials and challenges. But of all the things we can be thankful for and should be thankful for, no matter what's going on in our lives, we can be thankful at the table because Jesus has come and he has, says, I, he has said, I love you. I love you so much that I shed my blood. I die on the cross for your sins so that you can one day come into the kingdom, into my kingdom, forgiven and free for eternity. That's the greatest thing that we can possibly be thankful for. The body and blood of Jesus, broken for us, given for us. And so as we come this morning, yes, we're thankful for all those common graces, those benefits of living in this land, of the grace of family and freedom and all that stuff. But let us never forget at the Thanksgiving meal, the greatest thing that we've received, the greatest thing that we have to celebrate, and that's the gift of Jesus. And so as you come this morning and as you come every week, those of you that have trusted Christ, as you put that bread to your lips, as you taste that juice, I hope you're thinking of Jesus, and I hope you're feeling in your heart and thinking in your mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Would you bow with me? I want to invite our servers to come forward this morning and take of the elements. And I want to read uh, the fuller part of Paul's words here in 1 Corinthians. He says, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father God, we thank you for this tangible, physical reminder we have this morning of your grace, of your incredible love for sinners like me, sinners like us, that you would send Jesus to rescue us that no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what we're uh, struggling with, no matter what we're questioning about life in this season, that we can know your incredible love for us, your delight in us, and freshen that, renew that in our hearts this morning, Lord God, as we take of the bread and the cup. Renew our hearts to love you, God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Renew our faith to trust you more deeply. Help us grow in love for one another. 
Help us grow in courage to represent you in the world that you have placed us in. God, we are so thankful. Forgive us for our thanklessness. Thank, forgive us for our often ingratitude or entitlement. Thank you for this wonderful place that we live. Thank you for the families that you've given us. Thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy. But most of all, thank you for your grace given to us in the person and work of Jesus. It's in his name we pray, in his name we come. Amen. Come, remember, and celebrate.